Welcome to the Nut and Chat podcast. I think feeling comfortable is what we all want, if not by name, by inadvertent aim. Find me someone who isn't motivated by comfort, and I will show you someone who has never been in need of anything. I think it's important to be conscious of the fact that where each of us feels comfort is as individual as our history. Conscious Comfort I often include the subject of comfort in my podcasts, but I've never exclusively talked about it. The truth is, I'm ruled by it. And not inadvertently or by means of default. I'm talking consciously and unconsciously ruled by it. I make most of my decisions based on comfort. The people I give my free time to, the places I go, the way I speak, the things I watch and listen to. I choose them based on my knowledge of myself, my history, my lessons, and my measure of comfort about them. Comfort is one of my words. I have a list of words that my life is based on, ruled by, and hold importance for me. Comfort is in the top three. So it's almost strange I haven't had a podcast episode dedicated to my view of the word and how I see it affecting my life. My awareness of comfort and safety started very young and how I ended up such a good enabler. I've always tried to make sure everyone is comfortable and when everyone isn't acting in ways that generate comfort, I have, and still do often, find myself in the role of trying to make up the difference in the room. I literally switch into polar opposite mode and I try to convey through my body language, my facial expression, my voice, and my choice of words that I am neutralizing the negativity to restore comfort. I've never tried to explain this before. It's challenging to find words for what I feel compelled to do and how I instinctively act. And yes, this is from a childhood feeling unsafe and uncomfortable. I've been hearing a lot of podcasts talking about boundaries lately. And boundaries, too, are about comfort. What level of access to yourself do you give others? Without boundaries, we often can't be comfortable. Most people are dealing with anxiety these days, and comfort seems to be more important now than ever. Boundaries help with that. But not just boundaries created for people. We need boundaries for our phones. Simon Sinek explained the current issue with anxiety on an episode of the TED Interview podcast as the effect experienced from addiction. He said that the dopamine delivered to our minds through our phones, with the many ways we derive pleasure, social media, messaging, etc., the dopamine becomes an addiction that creates a void when we don't have it, and that results in anxiety. Basic cause and effect, apparently, and the science now proves it. I feel like it was obvious based on where we were and where we are now. Anxiety is a word you hear multiple times a day, and that didn't used to be the case. Anyone who knows anxiety knows it's not attached to comfort. I personally have been figuring out my boundaries for quite some time, and I can finally say I have them pretty clear with their rules mostly set. For many, boundaries are 100% simpatico with comfort. So people are acting, speaking, or moving in relation to the comfort they feel. Whether it's a situation, person, or a room, comfort is what a lot of people are making choices based on. 
Something else I see related to comfort in my immediate world is the level of comfort a person makes you feel will dictate how you are perceived by them. Because how you feel around them will affect what they feel about you. That might sound confusing. Stick with me. It's not something they have control over in many cases. How they see you is up to the details of you to them based on their experiences, their history, their feelings, their judgment, their memories, their anything that has ever affected them. This could dictate your comfort and safety to them on small or large scales, and then that could in turn dictate your actions. And those actions dictate their perceptions. I don't mean to make this sound confusing. Yes, it's a catch-22. Life is full of these in my eyes. So let me keep trying to explain. Let's say that two co-workers are very similar. Their tastes, personality, and interests. They get along great, but their age and family lives are very different. Let's call them A and B. Those two have a third co-worker we will call C, who A gets along swimmingly with, but B doesn't find C agreeable or comfortable. The feelings are mutual for C, because C does not feel a sense of comfort around B. C doesn't say this out loud, but C acts and reacts around B very differently than the way they do around A. And remember, I say this is based on their life and experiences. So the dynamic around A is good, comfortable, and positive, while the dynamic with B is uncomfortable and awkward. Now, you could say that C is acting based on who A and B are, but my point is that C acts based on who C is, and that might mean B affects the way C responds around B. B isn't telling C to do this, it's that C has feelings based on the history of their life. The ability to show comfort around A or B comes from C's personal experiences. Lastly, if coworker D enters the picture, that person could get along perfectly well with A, B, and C because D's life and history dictates that everyone is comfortable and safe. So to finish the point, the relationships interactions, and comfort of the four are absolutely based on each individual and their perception of others through their own personal history. I feel like knowing this about ourselves should take the weight off of us having a need to be liked by others, because it's not within our control to know how we are perceived based on someone else's life, but we don't tend to think like that. Another way to possibly explain it Like everyone, I find beautiful people beautiful, but I also find genuine and kind people beautiful. If someone is outwardly beautiful, but they show inward ugliness, it completely affects my ability to continue seeing them as beautiful, and even my ability to be comfortable around them. So without going into detail about who I have an example of this, I will just say that if someone acts in an ugly way similar to someone else I consider ugly, through the way they treat people. This completely affects my ability to consider them beautiful or comfortable. It's a kind of conditioning. And the reverse is true, too. If someone acts in a way like someone 
I know who is internally beautiful. That conditioning affects my perception of beauty and comfort in a positive way. And both of these examples are specific to me and my experiences. The way my father has been all my life totally affects what I perceive as comfortable and beautiful in a man. Some daughters gravitate to men who remind them of their lovely father. I gravitate to men who are nothing like him. This is me and my conditioning based on my personal experiences. If I meet someone who reminds me of my father, it is not within his control to affect my perception of him. The longer I think about sharing this topic of comfort and safety, the more inevitable the word fear pops in, and it's clear this topic is as multifaceted as everything else. There are so many places, emotions, situations related to a sense of safety and comfort, and to bring fear into the mix, well, it grows so huge it's suddenly important to acknowledge what this topic isn't. It isn't about fear. So I have to say a few things about fear briefly. I know a lot of motivational speakers will tell you, you have to step outside your comfort zone and leave your self-created safety net because great things can't happen inside of those zones and nets. Fear is a liar, they say, and I agree with that. They also say that remaining comfortable keeps you in fear. I hear that, but I don't think that advice is as generic as they would like it to be meaning I don't feel like it can be applied to everything. Maybe we are all walking around in fear, scared of doing things, but maybe my safety net is experiential-based and sensible. Maybe it's the healthy solution to trauma. Maybe we are all different and can't all utilize the same great advice at the same time. And no, maybe feeling fear is not something we deal with always, but it's important to remember that fear is as normal an emotion as love and fear, just like safety and comfort, can be knowledge-based from experience. Sure, many of us need to step outside of the fear bubble that does exist so that we can grow and benefit, but there is a difference between the fear stopping me from being comfortable enough to chat up a guy I like, and the discomfort and fear I know to avoid through my trauma. Fear is a complicated subject I also write about, so what I'm saying about fear here is exclusively related to comfort. Sure, you could argue that my chatting up a guy I like is the switch he needs to talk to me, and fear is an unnecessary wall stopping both of us. But fear, too, is why I don't do dangerous things like climb ladders. Because when I do, I get hurt. And so not climbing a ladder out of fear is something I've decided will be good for me and will not harm me. It's a healthy sense of fear. And I feel like educated fear equals smarts. Another example is not driving on icy roads. The experience of black ice throwing my car into the side barrier twice and dealing with whiplash has me sensibly in fear of something I can avoid, for the most part, for the rest of my life, which is driving late at night in the winter. I know these aren't great examples. But to hear that you need to let go of all fear is like saying education can only happen in the classroom. It's just not true, nor is it likely. So back to what this isn't. This is not about making a bubble of comfort or a net of safety that stops you from bigger and better things in life. Yeah, sure, we do that. Yeah, sure, we should stop it. Yeah, sure, maybe great things exist after chatting up that guy. 
but I'm not talking about learning how to do that today. I'm saying we can set fear to the side and talk about safety and comfort without bringing fear into it. I'm explaining all this because of how important it is in my life to live in ways that breed comfort for me and others around me. I know I did this in unhealthy ways for years. Conditioning from my childhood had me enabling an alcoholic husband for 12 years. But after learning how I did that and learning how not to do it, I see an importance in the word comfort that comes up over and over again almost every day of my life. Yeah, it would be fair to call it an obsession. Maybe it's a character trait I have, and maybe my trauma conditioned me so far into a need for comfort, I will forever have this obsession with it. But I also see the world is less and less concerned with the comfort of others, and that feels very unhealthy for us all. To care about the comfort of others is to have empathy. It's also to understand empathy. And I really do believe that one can't understand the greatness of empathy if one can't have it and feel it. If you listen to my podcast regularly, you heard the episode about my audiobook, Intentional Intonation. And so you know about my obsession with speaking to people in respect. This too is totally about comfort. I don't feel like there is any reason to not communicate in respectful and comfortable ways. Sure, I'm anti-conflict, but I also don't believe it's possible to avoid conflict in everything. So I stick with one of my truths, that respect breeds empathy, and both of them breed comfort. An obsession with all three of these words does not mean I have them in every moment of my day. Conflict can be all around me, and people do insist on being angry, upset, confrontational, obstinate, mean, and everything in between. I'm living in a world full of people concentrating on these words. But with my concentration being on my list of words, I directly impact the space around me. And in turn, maybe that means the people perceiving me through their experiences are reminded of more good than bad parts of their history. And it's in that positive relational space that I'm able to repeat something that I've said before. Who you are affects who others are. I want my comfort to breed comfort in others. I'm conscious of each individual perceiving the world through their own eyes, but I believe I can be consciously comfortable for them and for myself too. As always, Nat and Chat is brought to you by seedsandcells.net.